You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Bama broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Hey, let's get some feedback. By the way, you can join us as well on the Big Noon Sports Hotline at 205 205- Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We'll get to clock management management in a minute. But first, let's go to Robbie. Robbie, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Hey, doing good, Matt and Lars. Robbie, what's up, man? Doing good, fellas. You know, uh, we talked about it Friday. You know, just can we keep improving like we have been? And and I, I thought we did. And I mean, we improved in every area besides a couple of the penalties, but. I thought we looked great. Uh, defense, I can't say enough about it. Them guys are fast, big, strong, and what they can do to a quarterback, getting after him like they do, is just, it's, it's going to be a fun rest of the season, six more games, I think, to go. And what, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, performance of Jalen Milrow? I thought he played great. Uh, you know, he got a couple passes get away from him again, uh, maybe a couple bad reads, but again, you're getting sacked. What do you get sacked? Six times, five times? So you're, you're, you know, he had a little pressure, but I thought he played great. He hit the receivers where he had, and again, he had a couple drops, you know, so, uh, as, as great as, uh, Burton played though, stepped up and helped him out, um, what was his career, career day right there, uh, again, but then a couple penalties cost us after, you know, dead ball fouls by Burton running his mouth a little bit, but, you know, again, that can be cleaned up and, and I, I just I'm, I, I like the way they're playing, uh, getting better every every game. Robbie, what um, what do you make of the rushing attack? Uh, Alabama wins the game, I think, with uh, 34 total yards rushing. Um, that obviously is an area that that needs to improve. Yeah, I, you know, I was I was shocked that we didn't get more yards. As good as our running backs are. But again, like he said, I mean, it, we missed some key blocks. We had some, uh, we had some problems with the crowd and, and I think being a little frustrated. Maybe we weren't firing off the line when we need to, like to get the push because we were waiting, didn't want to jump off sides or, or, you know, jump too early. Maybe that had something to do with it. But also that defensive line, like you said, uh, Matt, that was probably the best defensive line they're going to go against, you know, all year. That they, they were something, you know, they were getting after us. So yeah, Texas I, I was think pretty we'll good, there. but yeah, I think A and M was really good, and they forced them to pass, and Alabama passed and passed the test too. But, uh, yeah, they did, and uh, you know, and then give it to our kicker, you know, Rocker coming in. Of course, he was perfect again, but then had to step in and punt. I mean, and did some great punts. So kudos to him. He's got to be like specialty player of the of the week again, I would think. 
Yeah. It's tough in a field position game to lose a punter that is so – I mean, he's an All-American. Any guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he is. He's an All-American, and to lose him and have somebody that could come in and punt so successfully was was an incredible plus for Alabama, especially in the game of that magnitude. So, yeah, yeah, he did great. Uh, yeah, it, it's like you know uh, the sun is setting in the east here. Uh, cats are hugging dogs. Uh, what, what's going on with this Alabama team? Like the, the special teams, the kicker and the punter are two of the best players on the team. Uh, it's just, Robbie, it's just hard to get a, a handle on this Alabama team and what, uh, is, is the real identity of this team. And, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, th- this is what normal college football fans go through every week, but there is no normal in, in Tuscaloosa, uh, at least under Nick Saban. And, uh, and, and for this team, it, it's, uh, it's almost just, uh, you know, it's a wild ride, and you don't really know how it's going to go week in and week out. And that goes all the way back to kind of the Texas game, and then especially South Florida, Robbie. Yeah, it, it does, but that's what makes it fun. I mean, uh, this team, we don't know the identity, but like like we keep saying, they keep improving every week. So it's exciting to see where this team could end up. And like you said, they'll, I, they'll end up playing Georgia – who, by the way, when we talked about who we thought the best team in the country is, and I said, well, the one team that hasn't lost in two years or two national champions is Georgia. They really showed something against Kentucky. Their quarterback yeah. got confident, and that's scary because he got confident that he looked like he was just a veteran back there picking them off. Now, now we'll get to that later, but, you know, Bama keeps improving. Those two meet in the SEC championship, and that's going to be one heck of a game. Let's yeah. just hope it happens. Yeah. What did, uh, well, Robbie, long way to go. Robbie, real quick, uh, and we're talking to Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player who, uh, who sits in with us a lot. Uh, Robbie, your, your thoughts on Oklahoma beating Texas. And, uh, I think you could make the argument that Oklahoma should be the number one ranked team in the country because that win on Saturday, to me, it was the best win of the season. Yeah, I mean, it is, but they were what, ranked? Uh, 14, 15, and they jumped them way up, so they thought so too. Yeah. They jumped them up to what, five? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was a great win, great atmosphere, neutral site, and I, but I still think Texas should have probably won that game, but, you know, they gave a few away, but that, that's what happens, and I hate it because that kind of hurts Bama a little bit. They needed Texas to really run, run the show, uh, run the rest of the season. Um, but again, uh, I mean, yeah, Oklahoma should be uh, sitting pretty now to get to the national spot because I don't know if they have anybody left on their schedule that can really can uh, challenge them, do they? No, they Kansas. don't. Yeah, how? No, I mean, so I mean, look, I think you can pencil in. I think you're, you're going to have a Pac-12 team. You're probably going to have Oklahoma. You're going to have Ohio State or Michigan. And then I think you're just going to have one SEC team. And I think if it goes down to, uh, if it is Alabama, Georgia, SEC championship game, that is in a sense is, uh, an elimination game because I, I clearly Alabama would get in if they beat Georgia. So I, I think the national championship picture guys is starting to clarify a little bit. It is a little, but you got some big games coming up too. You got what Penn state, Ohio state, both undefeated and you know, Ohio state, didn't look that good to me until they're at the end when they put Maryland away, but 
Um, and then for Miami, don't even know what happened there. But, you know, that just knocked them completely out. But they could turn around and spoil by beating Florida State. So it could get, it could get some ugly – things will start to, you know, straighten themselves out here in the next few weeks of who's going to be in and who's contending. Uh, you got a big one with Oregon and um, – who they got this week? It's Oregon uh, or somebody. I think Washington is that Oregon right? and Washington. Yeah. All right, so yeah. right now, yeah, Oregon and Washington. You're going to find out which one of those two is is legit. So, Robbie, Robbie, thanks yes, for your sir. call, man. Hope to see you Friday. Thank you. That's Friday. Free at the free at the yeah. Friday is free. Friday is free. That's where we'll be. All right. Uh, by the way, Texas beat Kansas earlier this year, forty to fourteen. So that there are some other teams that could, you know, that could give Texas a run for their money. We'll see. But anyway, hey, let's go to TK, who's dialed in from Tuscaloosa. How you doing, TK? It's actually JK, but I'll take TK. JK, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm thinking Tony Curry. Sorry, but you're in good company. Hey, that's JK. Cool. Uh, I just wanted to cast my vote for Will Riker as MVP. And I want to know from you gentlemen, what was the best game, best team you saw this weekend? Hmm. Michigan, I, maybe. Uh, Michigan looks good. Georgia looked great. Real good. Georgia looked great. Uh, Carson Beck is uh, coming into his own as the quarterback, gaining more confidence. Georgia, to me, as the best player in the country, and Brock Bowers. Um, yeah, I, I would say Georgia, but... You know, there's, how about there's... the Cardinals? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, Georgia looks like the class of the country to me right now. And how in the world could Kentucky leave Brock Bauer so open? There's no one even on the TV screen with. <laughs> Seems like he because was open good, all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, JK, when you look at Alabama's schedule, what, what, what team just in the, in the regular season here, not SEC championship game, when you look at it, what, what do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle for Alabama to get over? Tennessee. Tennessee at home? Yep. Tennessee, to me, it's a, you know, it's an emotional game. Fans are going to be there and fans will bring it. But uh, Tennessee's still kind of a mystery, too. We, You know, what's the identity of Tennessee's team this year? Don't know. Yeah. So that's that's why I say that. We don't really know what cards Tennessee's holding. And uh, it's kind of like Arkansas. Regardless of what Arkansas's done all year, they're going to come to Tuscaloosa and give us fit. They always do. And that's, yeah. what, that's the way it is. It's the way it's been for the last... 15 years. Um, and that's good. That's everybody's going to give Alabama their best shot. Uh, Arkansas seems to always step it up again. And let me ask you this. What was the difference in the halftime adjustments between Texas A&M and Texas? Because we put the heat on the quarterback this Saturday, and we just couldn't do it against Texas. And what was the difference in adjustments? That's <laughs> I wish I could tell you, but there was a big there was a big difference between those two games. As I said earlier, I, think, I, I thought the coaches did a great job. I thought they did too. I thought Tommy Reeves grew up, and I'll eat crow on that because I've been on Coach Reeves, but all all year. But uh, I thought he had a very good game plan and adjusted well at halftime, and I'll give it to him. Kudos to Coach Reeves. I give yeah. it to Kevin Steele too. I, I, I you know both of them. And I think both of them. If you, if you did a deep dive, guys, um, 
I think the coaching changes uh, have been difficult to manage for Nick Saban this year. And I think he indicated that in his answer in the news conference. J.K., great call. Phone us again. Thank you, sir. Will do. Have a good week. You too, J.K. Thank you. All right. We will get to time management, I promise, on the other side of this break as you listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 76. Clear tonight, the low 52. Tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine, the high 79. And Wednesday, we stay dry. The sky partly sunny. Wednesday's high at 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More big noon sports coming up. text and I think it's worth reminding everybody that uh, Alabama starts baseball. They play Friday night at the Joe and Lars what better way to kick off your baseball season <laughs> or you know it's a specialty game but am I, allowed, am I allowed to ask you about the Atlanta Braves? Sure you are. Alright. Give, um, give, give us a Braves update. We couldn't hit the Phillies' bullpen with a boat paddle, and I can't believe it. This is a team that set every imaginable team record and a lot of national records at the plate. And the starter for Philadelphia went three and two-thirds, and then they, I think, used seven different relievers, and I guess they just kept the, the Atlanta hitters off guard. But, uh, no, uh, Atlanta has the home field advantage throughout, and they're already down one nothing, and they lost in Atlanta. But I told you what I tell you about Philadelphia. I don't like them. I don't like them today. I won't like them yesterday. I didn't like them yet. They are the worst matchup for Atlanta. Uh, but we play again today at 5.07, and uh, by golly, we're going to even this series up and take it back to the city of brotherly love. All right, Matt, you you played baseball at a very high level. And, well, to me. So the baseball season is uh, for the player, right? There's so much rhythm to it. 
right? Like it's uh, you, you get in a, a big time pattern of just uh, how you go about your business day in and day out based on travel schedule, based on the next game. And the fact that you have to take, what, a week off before you play uh, your first uh, playoff game and the other team you're playing hasn't had to do that, it, it almost seems like it, it hurts you rather than helps you. I think it can have an effect on you, especially in that first game. And uh, I give you, it's a good observation. But then if you want to go a little deeper on that, Atlanta <clears throat> captured their playoff rights like a month ago. And then they captured their home field advantage like two weeks ago. So I'm not saying they, I guess maybe there is something, Lars, to play in games and playing competitive games. And Atlanta hasn't played one in two weeks or better. So, you know, I, I think they knock the rust off Saturday. It's what I'm hoping. And I think today you'll see a different Braves team. But Philadelphia beat what I think will win the Cy Young Award, and that's Spencer Strider. Atlanta doesn't have a better pitcher than that. And, and Bryce, but, Harper, Bryce Harper did Bryce Harper things, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Which I'm sure really thrills you. Well, he is a spectacular player. He is amazing. He's, he's just not so much a person that I like. But he's a great player. And you know what? you you got to face him. you got to beat him. So we'll see if Atlanta can't come back this afternoon. Now, on to time management which we've been very, very bad in our time management, talking about time management. But uh, I'll let you take the the uh, unbelievable uh, Mar- deal. Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. Um, yeah, he spent time in Tuscaloosa. All right, here's the scenario. Your team is leading 20 to 17. Miami, your team. You're leading 2017 over Georgia Tech. You're facing third down. There's 35 seconds left on the clock. Well, guess what? The play clock, play clock in college, unless it's after a timeout or other break in the action penalty, the play clock is 40 seconds. Georgia Tech has zero timeouts. Okay, so you got two choices. You can run a play or you can kneel down. If you kneel down, the game is over. Game is over. <laughs> but Mario Cristobal for some un, unknown reason, doesn't believe in taking a knee. He just, he's like, I'm a football guy, a football coach, and we play football. We don't, we don't, we don't take a knee. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, Dan Levitard, who I really like, I really like Dan a lot. I think he's, he's a really good person and he's a terrific writer. And he's a huge Miami guy. And yeah, he, is, he lives in Miami. Yeah, and this morning he said that this is the most painful defeat in hurricane history. And that's saying something because they've lost in two national title games. <laughs> so what does Cristobal do? He calls for a running play. Uh, running back uh, Donald Cheney takes the ball, goes up the middle. Boom, fumble. Georgia Tech recovers. Now, Georgia Tech hasn't done anything on offense the entire game, right? <laughs> There's like, uh, you know, 20-some seconds left, or about 30 seconds, 29, somewhere in there. 
And what does Georgia Tech do? <laughs> they go 74, 74 yards in 26 seconds, score a touchdown on two plays, and and they win the game 23-20. to 20, And it's one of the, the most improbable victories you'll ever see. And it will go down in college athletics lore as one of the most baffling coaching decisions in the history of the sport. And it was interesting, too. So as Miami broke the huddle, right, to want to to run that their final offensive play, Tim Hasselbeck, who is the uh, the color commentator, he, he he saw it right away. He's just like he said it even before the ball was sent. He's like, "What are you doing? Just take a knee. You should not be handing this football off. I don't know what Miami is doing." And then you know it happened. Fumble, two completions, touchdown, game over. Matt, on. Believable, and not only that. I mean, think of the stakes. Miami's undefeated. They got a chance to to make the college football playoffs, and now all that is over because Mario Cristobal won't take a damn knee. I, I I I don't know if this is a fireable offense. Clearly not. But man, uh, it's got to be one of the most incompetent decisions I, I've ever seen. You got the game won. This game is over. This uh, this is like uh, Joe Prasarchik in the Meadowlands, right? Oh yeah, with <laughs> yes. exactly what I thought about. Exactly. I mean, uh, like, why why would you and I even know the name Joe Prasarchik, <laughs> right? Because how, how many games did he start? Four. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, he started. More we're than we're, that. we're going back a ways. Our younger listeners how probably about won't 1978? know. Nineteen seventy eight. That's Just, how long so, ago. Yeah, that was, yeah. But, yeah. Google Joe Prasarchik. But God, what a horrible call! I mean, I don't know what that means for him down the line. Uh, Yeah, yeah, well, given the circumstances, again, he'll take a dang knee. Well, apparently, he's done this before. I mean, which is which is even more mind-boggling. When he was at Oregon, he lost a game in a similar fashion. (laughs) uh, It's um, it's amazing because I mean, he wants to be that rough, gruff guy that won't take a knee. Have you ever known a rough, gruff coach any more old school than Gene Stallings? That was Gene Stallings' favorite play. <laughs> he loved it's taking a knee. It's called victory gonna... formation. It's the best formation in it's the best formation in football. Victory formation. Hey, you know, oh. Lars, uh, it didn't come to fruition. Fruition, but Alabama made a mistake like that very, very late. Let's, let's uh we'll talk about well, that on the yeah. side of the break because yeah. I just went, What are you doing? Um we'll talk about that because uh you know, there are mistakes and like, like he says, saving they're correctable. Hey, uh we're uh halfway through when we get back, we'll talk about that time management or the mistake and who it belonged to. In addition to that, Kerry Clark will join us as you listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday Payday. Woo! Win cash every weekday, 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. 619. Again, that's 619. The code is... Six one nine. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K Payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 76. Clear tonight, the low 52. Tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine, the high 79. And Wednesday, we stay dry. The sky partly sunny. Wednesday's high at 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage. Matt, Lars, Justin, the gang is all here on this just fantastic Monday afternoon. When I finish up here, Lars, I'm getting outdoors. That's just all there is to it. If there's nothing else, than just sitting on my patio and reading. That's what I'm going to do. This is my kind of weather now. My wife says it's already too cold, but, uh, you know, she'd rather lay on the beach in 150-degree temperature. But I love this weather, so maybe we ought to go sit on a patio somewhere, Lars, because it's just beautiful. It is it, it is gorgeous, and uh, I spent the vast majority of the weekend outside with my kids. Lincoln, my 8-year-old, played in his first golf tournament and just absolutely killed it, uh, finished third, uh, got closest to the pin and just, uh, really, uh, just, I, I can't believe, I can't believe how gifted he is at the game of golf. Uh, and, you know, I've been covering this stuff for 30 years and I, I, I know, like, I had, I have the dad glasses on, but, uh, he's, he's special. And the weather was just perfect. And then, uh, you know, had, uh, had my kids, uh, uh, over the, this weekend and, and, uh, along with Lincoln and my twin girls, uh, Autumn and Farrah, who are six, played basketball, played baseball, uh, played football, and, uh, and we just, it was so much fun because the weather was so beautiful and, uh, we just, uh, didn't want to, didn't want to come in. So it's a good way too to, to burn their energy. And so, uh, yeah, they, so they, 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 yeah, they, they hit the sack by 8.30. So, um, but just, a, a what a wonderful weekend, uh, we had and, and, uh, one that I'll remember for a long, long time. And Alabama ended up beating Texas A&M 26 to 20. Down the stretch, though, Lars, this is the story I wanted to touch on. Alabama had three knees and it's over. And inexplicably, Milrow tried to throw. I mean, they ran a really, it was really quick play. And they can't remember which wide receiver it was. But it was wide out and wide open, too. But he kind of drilled it into the ground into the turf incomplete pass it stops the clock yeah so alabama takes a knee take you know and then they end up with seven seconds left on the clock on a fourth down and i still would do a deep dive into what you do in that situation i've got a theory and i'll get yours too but what happened was that all was that all milroe yes 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 um that again i i haven't talked to coaches about this obviously but uh the wide receiver was uncovered right and so you see that and as a quarterback you're going to do a quick snap to then just just toss the ball out to him a wide receiver perhaps runs for a touchdown uh but milro bounced past it to him uh, I think he got he a was little too open. He was, yeah, he got a little, yeah, he got a little excited there. And, uh, but the thing is, if uh, you, you can't, 
in this this in, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, if if this is on Milrow, and I, I'm guessing it was. Again, I, I don't know a hundred percent, but it is sort of a microcosm of some of the issues at the quarterback position because it doesn't matter if he's open or not. You take you, you kneel down and the the game's over. So there, you don't need any more points. No risk. You, you, yeah, you, you just you, you get the snap. Although that getting the snap has sometimes been a challenge this year for Alabama. Nothing's easy with this team, which is why I love this team. This might be my favorite Alabama team, just for that reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a poor decision. I think I thought Nick Saban's head was about to uh, fall off of the body because he was so irate. Uh, and, and, but that's the thing about this team. It's just, man, sometimes they just can't get out of their own way. But, hey, hey Jimbo Fisher, or Fisher uh, you know, he made plenty of questionable calls, but he has some clock management issues himself, right? They're down nine late in the fourth quarter. A&M has the ball at the two-yard line facing fourth and goal. The clock is running, and Jimbo calls a timeout. And then what does he do? You would think he's taking the timeout to figure out how they are going to go how for they it. they score a touchdown. Yeah, and, but instead they, go, they kick the field goal. Oh, my gosh. And I was uh, sort of following this in real time, and the Aggie fans just were in complete meltdown. Just well, like, what are you doing? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not here to act as uh, his attorney and defend him, but the choice to uh, kick the field goal means one more possession, one more score, they win. Um, but why? But why? But why? Out? Why? Why burn the time out? I mean, it, it, instead of it being a uh, what a 19 yard field goal. Make take that take the delay a game. Make it a twenty-four yard field goal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I you know the way he handled but, it. Okay, was but but then questionable. But, but but now let's review. If if Texas A and M has that timeout because of the how, whatever adjective you want to use play by uh, the Alabama offense and Milroe bouncing it to the wide receiver. They have that timeout. What that gives they would have uh, they would have had about forty seconds left, right? They take that timeout. Yeah, I mean, so it, it costs them big time, big time. I'm not saying they would have won the game, but it, it costs them a legit chance to at least. Uh, uh, well, they could have gotten the ball back with a couple of plays left. Yeah, uh, if you no, I mean they would have gotten down the, to, Yeah, like yeah. I said, they yeah, like forty thirty five seconds. Something like that. But, um, yeah, questionable. Meanwhile, um, A&M fans, at least on social media, were all up in arms because they thought that last play where Milrow just kind of skied it out of bounds, they thought they had a second left. And they wanted that second to throw that Hail Mary. Uh, Hey, you know what? I'm old enough to remember when Colt McCoy did that against Nebraska. And... They gave Texas the second back, and they kicked the field goal, and Texas ended up winning the Big 12 championship. And that's when uh, that's when Texas would played Alabama. That was when Indomica Sue had like 15 sacks. Do you remember? It was the exact same scenario. It was in, it was the exact same scenario, and the, the Nebraska fans players rushed on to the field, 
and the referees put, because the clock read zero. And the referees put a second back on because they said that Colt McCoy had thrown the ball and it, it was, they said it was when the ball actually went over the out of bounds mark and not, you know, hits the stands. So. What is it? I don't know what the exact, but I, I can In see. In Milrow's case, it looked like when it hit the stands. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that there could have, they could have put a second back on there. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Carrie Clark is with us on the other side of this break. It'll be brought to you by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Laura Thompson, Bama Broker. Advantage Realty Group, and she will be joining us this Friday from noon until 2 as we broadcast the place to be. That's NS3. Lawrence and I will be there along with Laura Lee from noon until 2. Drop by, grab a burger and a brewski. Meantime, we are going to be joined by Kerry Clark, who's just a longtime reporter for the University of Alabama Sports and all. He's going to join us. Kerry, how are you doing today? It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, a beautiful day, and uh, just got out of the Nick Saban press conference. All right, what's your take? Uh, he continues to uh, use the word positive and competitive a lot. Well, for part A, I think being a grandpa has really made him change the way he approaches things. And part B, competitive. Well, they were competitive Saturday. And if they hadn't been, they'd have lost. Uh, he addressed a lot of different things today that people had questions about, and uh, I thought gave very good answers. And so did Jalen Milrow, and so did uh, Justin Boyby. And what is your just uh, analysis of what we saw transpire on Saturday at Kyle Field? Well, the uh, situation with un, un being able to run the ball that has to be fixed. But at the same time, A and M was determined to stop the run. They wanted to dare. Jalen Milrow to beat them, and he beat them through the air. So that's part of it. The penalties have to be fixed. Uh, there will be at least one more environment like that this year at Jordan-Hare Stadium, at least one more. I don't know that Kroger Field in Lexington will be that way, but it certainly will be at Jordan-Hare. So they've got to work on the communication they use during the silent count. The verbal snap count didn't work. They knew it wouldn't. The clapping didn't work because it couldn't be heard because of the crowd. So they had to go to a silent count. And there's a signal given uh, by the guard and the center to each other, a very legal tapping on each other's legs to know when the ball's about to be snapped. And the tackles have to be aware of that too. And that's where the communication broke down. And that caused most of those nine free snap penalties. It was the crowd, credit the crowd at, at College Station. They They did their job. And Alabama, despite shooting itself in the foot, as Coach Saban put it so eloquently in the post-game press conference Saturday, still found a way to win. So my analysis was that because they found a, win, a way to win, because of Jalen Milrow and the great game by Jermaine Burton, Alabama now finds itself in the driver's seat in the SEC West, which is exactly where you want to be at this point in the season. I'm not sure I understand the the, the flinch thing, uh, 
that's what caused the tapping between the guard and the center. Because let's face it, there were some that were obvious false starts. But and I'm not saying they weren't penalties, but a lot of them, Kerry, were just minor flinches. And have you, have you got a perspective on that that you can explain to me? I wish I could. Okay. Uh, I think you put it very eloquently. And there's not really much to add. You know, that the, the tapping is supposed to be a signal that, okay, the snap's coming like right now. And the tackles are supposed to be watching the guards when they tap. And the flinches came when somebody guessed wrong about how soon the snap was coming. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is that all last week, Seth McLaughlin and Jalen Milrow worked on perfecting the bad snaps that had been occurring, largely because McLaughlin was playing hurt, which he no longer is. But they made an effort all week at practice, to, even to stay after practice and work on snaps. And there weren't any bad snaps Saturday, Matt. That was a big improvement. Good point. Yeah, I mean, so Alabama was going on a silent count, right? And so the guard is looking back at the quarterback to make sure that he's ready. And when the quarterback acknowledges that he's ready, then the the guard taps the center. Center then is ready to snap the ball. And the thing is, though, with with the, the tackles, they are so worried about getting beat by these really talented defensive ends that are going to be charging hard around the edge that they are their eyes want to drift to the left right or to the right if you're left tackle you're worried about getting outside as quick as you can right tackle same deal and uh and you know clearly alabama needs to practice the the silent count uh, a, a little bit more because uh, I, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time, just where you have so many pre-snap penalties. All right, but that being the case, um, why do you think that we are seeing, and not just these penalties, but just sort of these uh, these undisciplined, uncharacteristic, self-inflicted uh, mistakes, wounds that Alabama is committing this year uh, with this team? I think in the case of the personal foul taunting on Burton, who, other than that, played a great game, I, I think he just got a little hot-headed. I mean, there had been talking, talk was going on all week through the media, talk went on the entire game, and he finally, and he, what, <laughs> he went after a guy that had gone after Malachi Moore early. And when he decided to taunt that guy, then kind of pay him back for his teammate, Bama got flagged for it. And, you know, a fourth, fifth-year player is not supposed to be getting those kind of penalties, Lars. A freshman or a sophomore, you can understand it. But by the time you've played college football four or five years, it's time to start get, to stop getting the personal fouls. That's, it's inexcusable for an upperclassman to get a call like that. And I'm sure he heard a lot about that between now and then. And maybe that's one of the reasons we didn't get him as an interview today, although we hope to get him tomorrow. But... uh <laughs> He'll get to address it if we do. I'll say that. You know, uh, you say that, and it's an emotional game. I understand that. But, man, I saw the Cowboys do it now. And those are guys are getting paid a million dollars. In fact, I saw it a lot in the NFL. They just flat out get chippy. And you'd think by then they'd know that hurts their team. But uh, hey, wh- what do you guys think about the call on Dallas Turner on the block kick? And Braswell picks it up and runs it in. I mean, there was contact made, but was that – 
Carrie, was that a necessary flag? No, it wasn't a necessary flag, but it was also not necessary for him to do that. Uh, yeah, right. Again, he was uh, he was trying to cold cock a guy that had smart talked one of his teammates earlier in the game, and there was no need to do it. I mean, he's 15 yards behind the plate, number 15. That's ironic. But anyway, I, no, you can't do that. Uh, if I were the ref, I'm, I probably would not have called that, just even being a neutral referee. I mean, where's David Smith when you need him? But uh, I would uh, not have called it myself. But at the same time, you can't give them the opportunity to call it. That's 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 a junior in his pro year that he needs to express a scout just doing something dumb. And it was uncalled for. And, and you coach that in peewee football. You coach that you in peewee football. If, if you are so far behind the play and you want to get even with somebody and you and you cold cock them just like you said and you a blindside hit ref's going to call that almost every time it's completely unnecessary but that being the case don't you think Dallas Turner kind of <laughs> made up for it with his play on the field oh my i would say so i would say he did uh there's there's really nobody in college football right now that's been as effective as him when you take into consideration combination of sacks and pressures he is getting out to the quarterback like he was will anderson 2.0 you know and uh braswell's coming off the other edge too and the man in the second half it was just like they were living back there they were having lunch with max um it had a lot to do and, and alabama made defensive adjustments at the half in order to create that and that, along with several other things, contributed to Alabama coming away with a 26-20 to 20 win. All right, Kerry, uh, warming up, getting ready for Arkansas. Um, early kick. Uh, Alabama doesn't play well, but then I don't know a lot of teams that embrace 11 a.m. kickoffs. Just assess what's going to happen when the little piggies come to town. I don't think anybody but the media like them, Matt. Uh, you and I are not going to know what to do with our time when we get done with our post-game show and in time to go out to dinner with our wives or whatever. That's, I, 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 we like it because we get the rest of our day, but fans don't like it. And, uh, I mean, it's very weird to cover a game where they're serving breakfast in the press box. I will admit that. <laughs> but at, at, and, and that's a fact. That's what they do on these kind of kicks. Fans don't like it. I don't think players like getting up that early, uh, you know, because they, they have breakfast and pregame meetings and walk, you know, walkthroughs in the dining room and all that. And, you know, they'd rather be asleep at that time of day. But uh, TV rules it all. We all three know that. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on K.J. Jefferson and the year he's had? And, and do you think he can cause some problems for the Alabama defense on Saturday? Can I bring up a blast from the recent past, Lars? I think Absolutely. he's Jeremy Thompson 2.0. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Jeremy had some ability, and he had a couple of decent games, but he had – other games where he was not quite the Heisman contender that Auburn Nation made him out to be. So that's who I see in K.J. Jefferson. Now, admittedly, he has skills, and admittedly, he's hard to bring down. But there's no excuse to not beat this Arkansas team. I will say this. I'm not a better. I'm not a big Vegas guy. But I read that Alabama was favored 19 and a half. And I think that seems to be too much to me when you look at the fact that Arkansas went into Ole Miss and gave the Rebs all they wanted until the final possession of the game. K.J. Jefferson, speaking of, threw a costly pick that took him out of a position to be able to win the game. 
So the fact that they went into Oxford and played the way they did lets me know that 19 and a half, I believe, is way too much. I don't personally see Alabama winning by more than about, I'll say, 14 to 17, somewhere in that range. Yeah, it, it, Matt, I, you mentioned uh, 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 Jeremy Johnson, and I just got to mention one more Auburn quarterback who I can't believe is still playing college football. That's Joey Gatewood. Watching Louisville play Notre Dame, <laughs> Louisville's tight end is Joey Gatewood. Yeah, Joey Gatewood, he was ranked 59 spots ahead of Brock Purdy, who may be the NFL MVP, in the class of in the quarterback class of 2018. <laughs> Joey Gatewood. KJ still. would probably be a heck of a tight end, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I just sorry, Matt. I had to throw that in there. No, I, I but couldn't, it's I couldn't, a great I could, point. I couldn't uh, believe that's that. A fun fact. He's got like it's got eight years of eligibility. Of course, you throw the COVID Apparently. in now, it's hard for anybody to keep up. All right, before we let you go, Kerry, um, who do you, who would you if you had an AP vote? Who would you vote number one this week? Mm, I'd have to go Georgia because they they really come along. I've changed my mind on that. You know, two weeks ago I told you Michigan. But right now, I'd still have to go Georgia. The way they put it on Kentucky really impressed me. You've got several things. Go ahead, Lars. Uh, I was just going to say, we still got a lot of football to be played. But right now, what's your projection for who the uh, four teams in the playoffs would be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Georgia, Michigan, gosh, Oregon, and to be determined. I, I, that Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. Well, can't rule them out. Uh, okay, I'll go Oklahoma. Oklahoma uh, works. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, Gary. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, you bet. Gary Clark, right here on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Lars, and Justin. Um, hey, when we get back, uh, let's talk a little bit about the national football league you guys squeaked one out yesterday didn't you joe burrow is back joe burrow is back now i'm let's talk baseball (laughs) (laughs) we we talk about joe burrow's calf (laughs) his calf like oh he's is he a rancher (laughs) yeah oh never that was bad we'll be back in a minute If you're at 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 76. Clear tonight, the low 52. Tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine, the high 79. And Wednesday, we stay dry. The sky partly sunny. Wednesday's high at 78. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Our flagship station is in Tuscaloosa, tied 100.9, having a great promotion where you could win $30,000. The code this hour is 619. Go to the Tide 100.9 app and enter the code and your chance to win some major cash. Lars, I'm going to approach the NFL from yesterday, and it's standing so far through five games, five weeks of the season, through former Alabama quarterbacks, because you've got the really, really good, and I'm not mm. just talking about quarterbacks, really, really good, and then 
the bad as far as Mac had to be benched yesterday as the Patriots were just absolutely slammed 34 to nothing. And Bryce, although injured, is still struggling. I saw some positive signs. Uh, but the Panthers are 0 and 5. The Patriots are 1 and 4. So that's at the bottom of the NFL barrel. But when you look at the top, Tua and Jalen Hurts have their teams in postseason play for them. Well, that's a view through Alabama quarterbacks, and I'm, it's also a view to stall you talking about Burrow. No, <laughs> I think the story of the uh, of the weekend in the NFL is that uh, the worst team by far is the New England Patriots. I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, they've been outscored seventy-two to three this last two weeks. They've been out. They, they've given up sixty-nine unanswered points. 69 <laughs> haven't scored a touchdown in 10 quarters this is a bad football team bad football team so how do we get here to say that yeah how do we get here well number one tom brady doesn't pay play for the patriots anymore and since tom has left new england's 26 and 30 and uh and but the the the, the main reason is that the team has no talent no talent and uh, you know uh, mac jones who i think still can have a good nfl career um he's got nobody to throw to his offensive line is terrible uh their best player uh the uh, defensive end uh, his name escapes me right now he, he uh he's injured and out for the year but and the thing is bill belichick is the general manager essentially of the Patriots? So these he's are the responsible for the he's, lack he's, of talent. He's, he's the players that they brought in, and it, again, the offensive line is so bad they can't protect Mac. Mac, as we know, uh, he's not a mobile quarterback. He can't move very well. They don't have any speed at the skill positions. They don't have guys that can win one-on-one matchups. Uh, defensively, it was a, a Matt Judon. Right, they lost him, and then they lost uh, their best corner, <clears throat> uh, Christian Gonzalez, to injury. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to win another game. And so then let's just sort of play this out, play the movie out here. If New England ends up with the top pick in the draft, and they they end up drafting, say, Caleb Williams, right, quarterback out of USC. Um, does Bill Belichick stick around for a complete uh, teardown and rebuild? He's seventy-one. I would say no. I mean, I, oh. I think that, I, I think this is Bill Belichick's last year. And look, I, I have I have a lot of friends in the in the Boston media, and they're not even sure that Bill Belichick is going to last the year. I can't believe we're no, saying kidding? this. That he could be fired. Yeah, absolutely. But that absolutely. would be so on Belichick. Well, it, no. it, it, well he, Belichick and Robert Kraft aren't best buddies. They never have been. And nobody can be best buddies with Bill Belichick. I mean, he's, he's, he, he's a difficult guy to get along with. Um, but the, they're just, they're a horrible football team. 
I mean, I, I don't know if you if you saw any of their games with New any of their game with New Orleans, but th- this thing was over in about three minutes. And 34-0. 34-zip. 34-zip. And he, I mean, Mac Jones is not playing well. And there, there's something going on with Mac Jones that I, I, I'm not sure of. But you're just, I'm hearing a lot of different whispers, again, from my, my friends in, in the Boston media. <clears throat> Jeez. It's just a, it's a mess up there. But I, I really think this is Bill Belichick's last year. I do. Well, when Mac had decent help, didn't they make the playoffs like his first year? You know? He, uh, I'm not sure. Um, but again, uh, the losing record since Brady left. And it's just uh, a little bit of a disaster there. Um, and also, <clears throat> you had uh, two pretty significant injuries occur on natural or, or sorry on 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 the uh um the the turf with uh especially justin jefferson uh, uh looks like a pretty serious uh hamstring issue uh with uh, uh and he you know he's arguably the best wide receiver in the nfl and that is again playing with on artificial turf and it's like, man, I think the time has come to just ban all synthetic surfaces, right? Because you had players slipping all over the field of Minnesota. Uh, and I know uh, Travis Kelsey got hurt as well, but he was able to come back. You know, Lars, but, I saw that because Travis Kelsey got hurt by the turf, the Swifties were going to unite. Were out. Yeah, and they were going to. I know. I, I, I was. I was using this as a way to go through the back entrance of talking about Taylor Swift. She did not show for the game, Matt and Justin. It, it I was very game, disappointed. Though, right? As you know, I think she's got ample uh, jets. At her she's disposal. got a private jet or two to get her <laughs> yes. what she needs. I was very disappointed. I was very Have disappointed. You see how many Kelsey television commercials are starting to pop up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. All right. Uh, let's talk about the other quarterbacks. The, the upside with two and Hertz on the other side of this break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Hall Morgan. <laughs> Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, we'll do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest presented by Brian Hart and Construction. We'll talk to Brent Beard. We'll talk to Lee Sterling. We'll get you ready for Alabama, Texas A&M. All on The Game on Tide 100.9 and WTBC 1230, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very nice afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 76. Clear tonight, the low 52. Tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine, the high 79. And Wednesday, we stay dry, the sky partly sunny. Wednesday's high at 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Matt Lawrence, 
Justin, thanks for joining us on this gorgeous Columbus Day. Just to go back to Mac Jones for a minute. Um, his first year, he indeed was an alternate All-Pro. He led the Patriots to postseason play. They got beat in round one. But he had a really good year, especially when you consider that he was a rookie. And I think that further goes to the point that Lars was making. He's got no help. He's not. Go- when he has people around him, he can win. So I, I may sound like a Mac apologist, but I'm really not. He just no, I, I agree. Catch the ball or block, or uh, and their defense is awful. So there you go. Let's talk I about agree. the positive side. Is Tua playing better than any quarterback in the National Football League right now? I would say overall, yes. Um, he got off to a little bit of a rough start against the Giants yesterday uh, through a couple of uh, interceptions. You know, not not the greatest decision making, but. Um, he ended up, uh, <laughs> sort of, uh, going off script and, uh, ended up, uh, making his own play call, uh, and was, uh, and, and, uh, uh, ended up, it, 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 again, the, 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 the head coach, uh, Mike McDonald is the offensive play caller, but Tua, uh, he, he, again, he went off script and it ended up being a 69 yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. And it's so fun to watch, uh, this off Miami offense. I mean, they got, they got track stars essentially everywhere. I just heard a stat of the, of, uh, it's a next gen statistics where, uh, I think of the six fastest recorded, like, uh, 20 yard, uh, uh, runs are 20 yard, a guy running 20 yards on the field, miles per hour. Uh, five of them belong to players from Miami. And, uh, and two is the perfect player for this because he's so accurate and, uh, he gets the ball out so quickly. And I just, I'm so happy for him just with all the work he has done with, uh, uh transforming his body and, and, and really, uh, you know, embracing like jujitsu. So he has learned how to, uh, take a hit and not have it turn into a concussion. And just, uh, and you can see Matt, just him physically. He looks radically different than he did at Alabama. And, uh, I, I would not want to be facing the Dolphins at all this year. I, I just, I couldn't be more impressed with Tua and what he's done through, you know, the first, uh, what, five, six weeks of the NFL season. Oh, all right. How, how did the Bengals do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Burrow had had uh, plus 300 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he was back to being good old Joe. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase, um, a week after, uh, he really did not have much of an impact. Uh, he was asked after the game, are you getting open? And he said, I'm always blanking open. <laughs> and and uh, he ended up having a meeting with Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, midweek. And Jamar was worried that he was going to get yelled at by Zach. And instead, Zach was like, I loved your blanking interview. And he said, Jamar said it was the first time he ever heard Zach cuss. And so what happens? 
Jamar Chase gets targeted 19 times, catches 15 balls for 192, three touchdowns, and seemingly all is right with the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and Joe Burrow looked like the Joe Burrow of old. He was able to uh, just his, his pocket maneuverability was excellent, uh, able to run for uh, a first down and and uh, in you know avoid the rush by that extra second and a half. I mean, it's crazy in the NFL. If a quarterback can just get a, just a, an extra second, Matt, it, it's the difference between success and failure. And, uh, and, and, and granted, Cincinnati was playing Arizona, not the greatest team in the world. Uh, quarterback Josh Dobbs, who actually played pretty well, uh, former, uh, Tennessee quarterback. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, Cincinnati looks like, uh, they're, sort of on the uh, upward uh, trajectory here. Um, anything from the NFL catch your eye? Uh, I'm going to be watching tonight. I'll be you know playing channel surfing guy because the Braves will be playing at five, and then that game gets into the latter innings. Then you got the Packers in Vegas, so I'll be watching that. But Jalen Hurts figures out a way to win again, and um, Philadelphia is undefeated. So is San Francisco, who just body slammed Dallas. Yeah, um, it, it was a pretty devastating defeat for Dallas and, uh, Dak Prescott, man, he just, <laughs> he did not play good. He did not play good. And he said after the game that, um, is sort of the most disappointing, uh, performance of his career, both in, in college and the NFL and, and the gap between Dallas and San Francisco is, you know, wider than the Grand Canyon. San Francisco wow. clearly is the best team, I think, in all of football right now, but certainly in the NFC. And if I were a betting man, and I am, uh, I, I, would, I think San Francisco and, uh, and Miami look like the two best teams in the NFL through, again, it, it's early. We're only through five weeks, but uh, some trends are starting to emerge. I asked my eight-year-old grandson, Cole, and we were playing football yesterday. So, well, if you could have an NFL jersey, what would you want? He said, Jamar Chase. So, <laughs> I just bought my twelve. Thank you. I Last night at like 10 o'clock, uh, Autumn just begged me to buy her and Farah Jamar Chase jerseys. So I went online and got them two jerseys that they will only fit. It only fit them for about a year. And there goes 120 bucks. But there's the your, your, your twins being twins and dressing like twins. <laughs> hey, we got to go. Have a great day. We're back in 22 hours. Football.